Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Tuesday morning, September 20th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Um, and I'm out here in the middle of the kind of cloudy and wanting to rain des- arid desert, <laughs> which is oxymoronic, actually. Um, but definitely my, my wife actually called me last evening. I was I was out trying to get, well, I was trying to get tires repaired and ended up having to put four new tires on the car, which was not thrilling, but was not surprising. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm all of a sudden I'm hearing it. I turn around and look and of course the, the storefront is all glass and I'm like, wow. And all of a sudden my wife calls me and she goes, it's raining sideways. And I'm, (laughs) and it was, I mean, she was being funny, but it was, um, so, um, kind of strange in the, in the desert, but this is still kind of the end of the monsoon season. And, um, with what's been going on out in the oceans and all that with tropical storms and all that, it's not surprising that we got that. Um, and it looks like we're going to have that for like the rest of the week, getting a little bit here and a little bit there. We're not getting like hundred percent rain days or anything like that, but we'll see. And of course we can use it, try to build up the water table. Um, I just want it to hurry up and finish because I want to be able to get all the weeds down and then stop growing. And that just doesn't happen. And I've not yet found a spray out here that really one that won't hurt my dogs and two that, that will truly keep it down. Um, just hasn't happened. Tried a couple of them, including, including homemade ones and just haven't had, hasn't happened. But anyways, so we are out here this morning. We are here this morning. Um, typical, uh, for this podcast, this podcast is focused on the, uh, public reading of scripture. And we will also participate in reading through some Puritan prayers and the morning devotional, uh, for the day from, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon's morning and evening. So let's go ahead and get started. So as is our practice on um, all of our days, we're going to start first with resting on God and grace and trials from Valley of Vision. And uh, before we get started, I'll let you know in the in the show notes <clears throat> are links to all of these because I'm, I'm actually reading them online because it's bigger print, easier to read, uh, especially while I'm trying to record, um, but also links where you can get hard copies of Valley of Vision and uh, Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, as well as the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the version I'm going to be reading from when we read the scripture. So let's get going on resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed, but thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills, Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows, to leave every concern entirely to thee, and every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart, 
Let me live near to the great shepherd. Hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling. Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. Abide in me, gracious God. Grace and Trials Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptations. My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults, Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee, for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now third day morning, Tuesday being the third day of the week, the title is God, Creator, and Controller. Most High God, the universe with all its myriad creatures is thine, made by thy word, upheld by thy power, governed by thy will. But thou art also the Father of mercies, the God of all grace, the bestower of all comfort, the protector of the saved, of the saved, excuse me. Thou hast been mindful of us, hast visited us, preserved us, given us a goodly heritage, the Holy Scriptures, the joyful gospel, the Savior of souls. We come to thee in Jesus' name, make mention of his righteousness only, plead his obedience and sufferings, who magnified the law both in its precepts and penalty and made it honorable. We, may we be justified by his blood, saved by his life, joined to his spirit. Let us take up his cross and follow him. May the agency of thy grace prepare us for thy dispensations. Make us willing that thou shouldst choose our inheritance and determine what we shall retain or lose, suffer or enjoy. If blessed with prosperity, may we, may we be free from its snares and use, not abuse its advantages. May we patiently and cheerfully submit to those afflictions which are necessary. When we are tempted to wander, hedge up our way, excite in us abhorrence of sin, wean us from the present evil world. 
assure us that we shall at last enter Emmanuel's land where none is ever sick and the sun will always shine. Amen. Okay. Those are our Valley of Vision prayers this morning. Excuse me. I might have a drink of tea here. Good tea. Decided to switch off coffee this morning. Have some tea instead. I'm having my Earl Grey and shoot, why not? I'm having my Earl Grey with some honey in it in honor of the Queen of England, who they buried yesterday. Um, no, I'm, I realize I'm not her subject and no, I don't bear fealty to her. Um, but I respect her. I respect her. I respect what she's done in this world. Um, how long she stand, stood on the throne and honestly, my, um, a good part, at least of my Floyd heritage, my father, um, before he passed, tracked it down. And I have a very large notebook of, uh, data he gathered, um, tracing, my Floyd ancestors, um, back to the other side of the pond, the other side of the Atlantic. Um, and they seem to come and it, they seem to come. This was in the 15, 1600s, um, from Scotland, Wales, Ireland, from that area. So, um, of course that does say that I, I've honestly, there've been Floyds on this continent. My, my ancestors on this continent since the 1600s. So I've, my family's been here like 400 some years. Um, and have actually been from where my father was born since the 1700s. That was in the Southwest corner of what is now Mississippi. So, uh, they were definitely out on the frontier, um, for a good long while. So anyways, a little digression, but let's, so anyway, so I'm having some tea this morning in honor of the queen, the, the late queen of England. Um, so anyways, we will get going on our Spurgeon's morning and evening. This is the September 20th morning um, edition or episode of it, or article of it, however you want to refer to it. So, and our uh, verse for the day, our verse for this one is Judges 7.20. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Gideon ordered his men to do two things. Covering a, up a torch and an earthen pitcher, he bade them at an appointed sim, signal, break the pitcher and let the light shine, and then sound with the trumpet, crying, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. This is precisely what all Christians must do. First, you must shine. Break the pitcher which conceals your light. Throw aside the bushel which has been hiding your candle and shine. Let your light shine before men. Let your good works be such that when men look upon you, they shall know that you have been with Jesus. Then there must be the sound of the blowing of the trumpet. There must be active exertions for the ingathering of sinners by proclaiming Christ crucified. Take the gospel to them. Carry it to their door. Put it in their way. Do not suffer them to escape it. Blow the trumpet right against their ear. Remember that the true war cry of the church is Gideon's watchword, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. God must do it. It is his own work, but we are not to be idle. Instrumentality is to be used, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. If we only cry the sword of the Lord, we shall be guilty of an idle presumption. And if we shout the sword of Gideon alone, we shall manifest idolatrous reliance on an arm of flesh. We must blend the two in practical harmony. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. 
We can do nothing of ourselves, but we can do everything by the help of our God. Let us therefore in his name determine to go out personally and serve with our flaming torch of holy example and with our trumpet tones of earnest declaration and testimony. And God shall be with us and Midian shall be put to confusion and the Lord of hosts shall reign forever and ever. Amen. What a great word from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. There are way too many out there in the Christian church today, and the professed Christian church today. So I'll put that qualifier in there because so many of them, uh, sadly to say, are at best social clubs or in a, or and are at worst synagogues of Satan um, by the, their own fruits. Um, but we're called to do more than just sit Oh boy, we went to a Sunday morning service. Oh boy, we went to a Wednesday night Bible study or a Tuesday night or Thursday night or whatever it happens to be for your church. And those are great. We need to be there. Don't don't let me don't don't mistake me saying I'm thinking I'm belittling them. Those are great. But there's more to it. There's more to it. That has to manifest action in ourselves to go out. We are called to be disciples and being disciples, that means we're both learners and teachers that we are to take his word out and bring it to all the nations. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. We're to take it to all the nations. And that's not just pastors. That's not just missionaries. That's not just preachers. Fact is we should all be missionaries, even in our little pockets. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I see people going, Oh, I need to, I want to go over to Asia or Africa or all this and be missionaries. The fact is there are mission needs in your own community. Be about them. We've got to be about them. We've got to manifest that fruit. And that's what he's saying there is there's got to be action. Yeah, it's God's work, but he uses us to do it. But we have to be about it. And I, I say that because way too often in the professing church, especially in the United States, especially in the United States, um, people are comfortable. Um, pastor I listened to this week that I was sitting in his service this weekend. It was wonderful. Talked about people being comfortable and we're not supposed to be comfortable that that's if you're being comfortable uh, and he didn't say this but i'm saying this and i think he would agree with this if you're sitting there being comfortable you're not doing god's work so get about it so i will get off my soapbox and move on but spurgeon made a clear clear call and it is a biblical call we have got to be about god's work i mean that's part of what drove me doing this podcast that's part of what drove me to where I, I felt called to preach and teach. Um, and we're going to see where God leads that. Um, and that was five years ago and we'll see where that leads that I've been doing preaching for the last five years off and on here and there and teaching. So we'll see where that goes. But so let's move on into our reading to, for today. So, like I said, we're reading, uh, we're going to read second Samuel 16, second Corinthians nine, Ezekiel 23 and Psalm 70 and 71 today from Robbie, Robert Murray McShane's Bible reading plan in a year. All right. Second Samuel 16. Now David had passed a little beyond the summit. So this is, I'm sorry. So this is David feeling fleeing because Absalom has kind of taken over. Well, Israel, he's, he's brought everybody into loving him instead of David. So David is fleeing Jerusalem. So here's David fleeing. Now David had passed a little beyond the summit summit and behold Ziba, uh, sorry, summit of the, of the, uh, Mount of Olives, a little beyond the summit and behold Ziba, the young man of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them were two hundred loaves of bread, one hundred clusters of raisins, one hundred summer fruits, and a jug of wine. And the king said to Ziba, 
Why do you have these? And Ziba said, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride and the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat and the wine for whoever is faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, and where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, behold, he is staying in Jerusalem. For he said, today the house of Israel will return the kingdom of my father to me. <clears throat> so the king said to Ziba, behold, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I prostrate myself. Let me find favor in your sight, O my lord, the king. And King David came to Baharim, and behold, there came out from there a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came out cursing continually as he came. He also threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were at his right hand and at his left. And thus Shimei said when he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of bloodshed and vile fellow. Yahweh has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And Yahweh has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. And behold, you are taken in your own evil, for you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me pass over now and remove his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah? If he curses, and if Yahweh has told him, curse David, then who shall say, why have you done so? Then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son who came forth from my body seeks my life. How much more now this Benjamite? Let him alone, and let him curse, for Yahweh has told him. Perhaps Yahweh will look on my affliction, and return good to me instead of his cursing this day. So David and his men went on the way, and Shimei went along on the hillside parallel with them, and as he went, he cursed, and cast stones, and threw dust at him. Then the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary, and he refreshed himself there. Now Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, had entered Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And it happened that when Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, is this your loving kindness to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? Then Hushai said to Absalom, No, for whom, Yah for whom Yahweh this people and all the men of Israel has chosen, have chosen, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Besides, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son? As I have served in your father's presence, so I will be in your presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give your advice. What shall we do? And Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself odious to your father. The hands of all who are with you will also be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now the counsel of Ahithophel, which he counseled in those days, was as if one asked of the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel regarded by both David and Absalom. All right, Corinthians 9. For it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boasted about you to the Macedonians, that Achaia has been prepared since last year, and your zeal stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brothers in order that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, so that, as I, I was saying, you may be prepared, lest if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, 
we, not to speak of you, be put to shame in this certainty of ours. So I regarded it necessary to encourage the brothers that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised blessing so that the same would be ready as a blessing and not as a begrudging obligation. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows with blessing will also reap with blessing. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make every grace abound to you, so that in everything, at every time, having every sufficiency, you may have an abundance for every great deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the needy, his righteousness stands forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all generosity, which through us is bringing about thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also abounding through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proven character given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the generosity of your fellowship toward them and toward all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, long for you because of the surpassing grace of God on you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. All right, in Ezekiel 23. The word of Yahweh came to me again, saying, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they played the harlot in Egypt. They played the harlot in their youth. There their breasts were pressed, and there their virgin bosom was handled. Their names were Ohola, the elder, and Oholibah, her sister. And they became mine, and they bore sons and daughters. And as for their names, Samaria is Ohola, and Jerusalem is Oholibah. Ohola played the harlot while she was mine, and she lusted after her lovers, after the Assyrians, her neighbors, who were clothed in purple, governors and officials, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. She gave her harlotries to them, all of them the choicest men of Assyria, and with all whom she lusted after, with all their idols, she defiled herself. She did not forsake her harlotries from the time in Egypt, for in her youth men had lain with her, and they handled her virgin bosom and poured out their harlotry on her. Therefore I gave her into the hand of her lovers, into the hand of the Assyrians, after whom she lusted. They uncovered her nakedness, they took her sons and her daughters, but they killed her with the sword. Thus she became a despised name among women, and they executed judgment on her. Now her sister Oholibah saw this, yet she was more corrupt in her lust than she, and her harlotries were more than the harlotries of her sister's sister. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and officials, the ones near, magnific magnificently dressed, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable choice men. And I saw that she had defiled herself. They both took the same way. So she increased her harlotries, and she saw men portrayed on the wall, images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion, girded with belts on their loins, with flowing turbans on their heads, all of them looking like officers in the likeness of the Babylonians in Chaldea, the land of their birth. And she saw them, and lusted after them, and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. So the Babylonians came to her to the bed of love, and defiled her with their harlotry. Then she became defiled by them, and her soul became disgusted with them. 
and she uncovered her harlotries and uncovered her nakedness. Then my soul became disgusted with her, as my soul had been disgusted with her sister. Yet she multiplied her harlotries, remembering the days of her youth, when she played the harlot in the land of Egypt. She left it, left excuse me she lusted after their paramours whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys and whose issue is like the issue of horses thus you longed for the lewdness of your youth when the egyptians handled your bosom because of the breast of your youth therefore o holy o o holy thus says lord yahweh behold i will arouse your lovers against you those with whom your soul was disgusted and i will bring them against you from every side the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod and Shoah and Koah and all the Assyrians with them, desirable choice men, governors and officials, all of them, officers and men of renown, all of them riding on horses. They will come against you with weapons, chariots and wagons, and with an assembly of people. They will set themselves against you on every side with large shield and shield and helmet, and I will give the judgment to them, and they will judge you according to their judgments. And I will set my jealousy against you, that they may deal with you in wrath. They will remove your nose and your ears, and your survivors will fall by the sword. They will take your sons and your daughters, and your survivors will be consumed by the fire. They will also strip you of your clothes, and take away your beautiful jewelry. Thus I will make your lewdness and your harlotry brought from the land of Egypt to cease from you, so that you will not lift up your eyes to them, or remember Egypt any more. For thus says Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will give you into the hand of those whom you hate, into the hand of those with whom your soul was disgusted. They will deal with you in hatred, take all the fruit of your labor, and leave you naked and bare. And the nakedness of your harlotries will be uncovered, both your lewdness and your harlotries. These things will be done to you because you have played the harlot with the nations, because you have defiled yourself with their idols. You have walked in the way of your sister, Therefore I will give her cup into your hand. Thus says Lord Yahweh, You will drink your sister's cup, which is deep and wide. You will be laughed at and held in derision. It contains much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, the cup of horror and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You will drink it and drain it. Then you will gnaw its fragments and tear your breasts. For I have spoken, declares Lord Yahweh. Therefore thus says Lord Yahweh, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, bear now the punishment of your lewdness and your harlotries. Moreover, Yahweh said to me, Son of man, will you judge Ahola and Aholibah? Then declare to them their abominations, for they have committed adultery and blood is on their hands. Thus they have committed adultery with their idols and even caused their sons whom they bore to me to pass through the fire to them as food. Again they have done this to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day, and have profaned my Sabbaths. For when they had slaughtered their children for their idols, they entered my sanctuary on the same day to profane it, and behold, thus they did within my house. Furthermore, they have even sent for men who come from afar, to whom a messenger was sent, and behold, they came. For whom you bathed, painted your eyes, and decorated yourselves with ornaments and you sat on a splendid couch with a table arranged before it on which you had set my incense and my oil the sound of a multitude at ease was with her with her and drunkards were brought from the wilderness with men of the common sort and they put bracelets on the hands of the women and beautiful crowns on their heads 
than I said concerning her, her who was born out by adulteries. Will they now commit harlotry with her when she is thus? But they went into her as they would go into a harlot. Thus they went into Ohola and to Oholiba, the lewd women. But they, righteous men, will judge them with the judgment of adulteresses and with the judgment of women who shed blood, because they are adulteresses and blood is on their hands. For thus says Lord Yahweh, bring up an assembly against them, <coughs> excuse me, and give them over to terror and plunder. The assembly will stone them with stones and cut them down with their swords. They will kill their sons and their daughters and burn their houses with fire. Thus I will make lewdness cease from the land, that all women may be chastised and not commit lewdness as you have done. Your lewdness will be requited upon you, and you will bear the sin of worshiping your idols. Thus you will worship that I am Yahweh, that I am your Lord Yahweh. Okay, now to Psalm 70. O God, hasten to deliver me. O Yahweh, hasten to my help. Let those be ashamed and humiliated who seek my life. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in evil against me. Let those turn back because of their shame who say, Aha, aha. Let those be joyful and glad in you all who seek you and let them say continually, let God be magnified. Those who love your, those who love your salvation. But I am afflicted and needy. Hasten to me, O God. You are my help and my protector. O Yahweh, do not delay. And Psalm 71. In you, O Yahweh, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me and protect me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me as a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Protect me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the grasp of the unrighteous and ruthless man. For you are my hope, O Lord Yahweh. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your beauty all day long. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies have spoken against me, and those who watch my life have counseled together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is no one to deliver. O God, do not be far from him. O my God, hasten to my help. Let those who accuse my soul be ashamed and consumed. Let them be wrapped up with reproach and dishonor, who seek to do me evil. But as for me, I will wait continually, and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall recount your righteousness, and of your salvation all day long. For I do not know the sum of them. I will come with the mighty deeds of Lord Yahweh. I will bring to remembrance your righteousness, yours alone. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your might to all who are to come. For your righteousness, O God, reaches to the heavens, you who have done great things. O God, who is like you? You who have shown me many troubles and evils will revive me again and will bring me up again from the depths of the earth. May you increase my greatness and turn to comfort me. I will also praise you with a harp, even your truth, O my God. 
To you I will sing praises with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will sing for joy when I sing praises to you, and my soul which you have redeemed. My tongue also will utter your righteousness all day long, for they are ashamed, for they are humiliated who seek to do me evil. Amen. And that's our reading for today. Um, I, you can't help. I, I got to look back at one of our chapters and I, I won't go on long because um, I know we probably ought to go ahead and wrap this up. But reading through Ezekiel 23, <clears throat> reading about Ahola and Aholiba, you can't help but see the United States in that chapter. You can't help but see where we've gone. Well, the world has gone as a whole. Um, where it has gone, where it's chasing after its idols instead of going after God. And of course, everybody will say, well, the United States is not necessarily a Christian nation. Maybe. But it was founded by Christian people coming to not be persecuted anymore. And our founding documents were based on Christian values. And in most cases, Christians of that time were assisting in writing those documents. If you look back in history, um, a number of them, particular Baptists, were helping to write those documents. That's fact. And they were consultants for those who were writing those documents, our founding documents. But we have, our country has just charged like a bull in a china shop, charged pell-mell into being like a hola and a holiba, like being like Samaria, Samaria, sorry, Samaria and Israel. Um, and think of it, the two greatest idols right now, other than racism, um, and I'm not saying racism doesn't happen out there. It does. It has for many years. But the things they're calling racism, they've made it an idol because they want to turn around and when anybody disagrees with them, they scream racist. And, I, and I'm talking... Um, well, I'm sorry. I'm going to be blunt. I'm talking professed liberal white folks trying to act as protectors of people of color calling black people, people who are my brothers and sisters in Christ who happen to have a different melanin count than I do. <clears throat> but let's be clear. I will state this clearly. There is only one race and it is the race of man. The differences are ethnicities and those ethnic ethnicities tend to be a difference in melanin count at most. Um, there, yeah, we all come from different places. But we're all of the race of man. The only difference between me and my brothers and sisters in Christ that have a different melanin count is the melanin count. They are my brothers and sisters in Christ. So the cry of racism that goes out in most cases is false and it's being used as a, as, as a whipping post at best. Um, but the two primary idols out there that, that hit, my, hit, hit me as I was reading that... <clears throat> Our abortion and the whole transgender movement and, it, and its desire to butcher our children, to maul them and maim them in, 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 in a claim for whatever. Um, it, it talks here in Ezekiel 23 about them passing their children through the fire. 
when they passed them through the fire, it killed them. That's what, <clears throat> that's what the abortion industry has done. 61 million, 61 million. It has been the greatest mass genocide in world history. Greatest mass genocide in world history. That's where we are. Our country has become Ohola and Oholiba. And God was clear. He will turn their lovers against them. He will turn those they went after against them. They are. They are slaughtering our children. They hate our children. They hate our children. They want to kill them in the womb. And they want to butcher them when they're out here. And I'm sorry. There is no 6-year-old, 8-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, 15, 16-year-old that is mature enough to make those kind of decisions. There is not. <clears throat> not in any way, shape, or form. And the Bible is very clear about that as well. So we cannot, as Christians, if we claim to be Christians, we cannot be a part of that. The fact is we have to resist that. And I'm not making a political point. I'm making a biblical point. We have to resist that. Otherwise, we are like these people. Um, Paul's very clear in the book, in the um, in Romans 1, where he speaks clearly and very negatively about those who either participate in the sin and or provide approval to it because they won't call it out. That's what we are. We are showing approval of it if we won't call it out and we won't resist it. We cannot sit there and go, well, everybody's got, got their own opinions. No, it, it, it's one thing. If some adult over there wants to go and do that, that's fine. It's not okay if they want to bring it into, into the classroom and want to involve. And I, I heard this the other night and I was like, oh, this beautifully puts this. Wants to turn around and involve children, involve our children in their own sexual fantasies. And that's what that is. That, you can claim anything you want to. When they want to turn around and they want to try to bring those kids into their sexual fantasies by inflicting, inflicting this abomination, these abominations on them, that's all that is. They get off on it. And I'm, I'm sorry, I know that's crude and I'm really not trying to be crude where I've been reading the word, but that's where our country is going to. And the way we resist it we stay in the word. That That's what drives me to do this podcast. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to be in it every day. I've actually had um, more than one person. One was a couple of years ago and one was more recently ask about all the reading of the scripture I do. And believe me, I don't do enough. I don't do enough no matter what I claim. And I, and I don't try to claim that I do any, but I don't do enough. But we have got to be in the scripture every day. I was listening to a podcast yesterday and uh, Dustin Binge, um, who who is one of the professors, um, as well as a vice president, I believe over at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, he was on a podcast with other people I listened to. Um, I believe it was, um, wasn't matter of theology. Oh, what was it? I can't think of it. Um, it was Eki and uh, Nathaniel Jolly, Eki Tepsaporn-Chai and Nathaniel Jolly. And I blanked on the name of their podcast, but had him on there. And he was very, very clear. You're looking for all these things. Be in the word. You're looking for glorious occurrings or God whispering here or anything. Be in the word. But the thing, thing is at the same time we've got to be in the word so that we can truly contend for the faith and we are called to contend for the faith not not to just sit there quietly like i said at the beginning we're not here to be comfortable 
we're here to be fighting the battle. I mean, why do you think in Ephesians 6 it speaks of putting on the full armor of God? That, that's not just when we want to go to battle. That's the fact that we are in battle. The, the, the book of Ephesians is the directions to the church. It tells us where the church stands positionally in Christ for the first three verses, and then how the church should look and should act to move itself closer to resembling that positional sanctification in, in its own sanctification. It's the church as a whole, and it's the church members individually. And that's why the armor is there. That's why it speaks of the armor in Ephesians 6. Because we are in battle from the moment we are saved, we are in a battle. And to be equipped for the battle, our tools are this word, are the word of God and prayer. Those are the tools we have. And, and the word of God used in preaching is in its primacy. That is primary in bringing people to Christ. But those are the tools we use. So we've got to be in the word every day. So please, that's why I put this out there. I would beg you. Um, and again, I'm trying to actually do more reading than I've been doing in the past. Um, other different reading plans. And I would, I would definitely don't just randomly jump in. I, you can, if you want, that's up to you. Um, but, but like Dustin Binge indicated, and I will indicate as well. And what has helped me is I have multiple reading plans that I'm doing every day. That is to give me direction every day as to what to read. And it spreads my reading out over multiple parts of the Bible and keeps me moving through them all. And in a lot of cases, it, it, helps to harmonize between Old Testament and New Testament to show me how they relate, how they all point to Christ. Because the entirety of the Bible points to Christ. It does. And you can find it in every chapter. So anyways, off my soapbox, but I, but again, I wanted to prompt you, please be in the word and please stand up. Please get out there and be true disciples you're not here to be comfortable. We're not here to be comfortable. We are here to be warriors. We are here to be in a battle. A war that is already won by the death and resurrection of Christ. But we are still called to step up to the front line, to gird on the full armor of God and to fight. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day. Let's go ahead and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I would pray this morning that, uh, that we would all take in your words, that, that, that all of the verses we read would, would, would resonate with us, would, would lift us up, would edify us, would equip us. Um, but, but particularly Ezekiel 23 that, that we read, um, that it would hit on our hearts, that it, that it would help us to, to truly, truly have clear sight as to where our country and where our world is going and therefore where we need to stand, where we need to stand in the battle lines to truly defend your church, to truly defend your people. And Lord, we would pray that your word and through your through prayer with you, our prayer time with you, that we would be strengthened so that we can stand in the battle line for however long it takes. Dear Lord, I would pray that all that have listened this morning, that, that honestly, all your children, all, all my brothers and sisters in Christ out there, would have a lovely blessed day. And Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for blessing us with this time this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, go on out. Have yourself a blessed day. And remember, everything you do out there, do it for the glory of God. Have a great one.